Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Romans chapter 12, and um, we're going to begin our study today on you have spiritual gifts, discover and use them. And uh, at the end, uh, ask a couple of our deacons, um, uh, Johnny and Otis, to give you something that I want you to take home with you. I don't want you to see that today. I want you to take it home with you and work on it. Um, and I also want to remind you that if you want um, a, a reinforcement of this, this teaching, this coming Wednesday at 11, over here in our offices, we will have a, a study. It won't be a service, but a study covering the same material. It always turns out a little differently on Wednesday than it does on Sunday. A little more in-depth, a little more uh, le less formal. On Wednesday, 11 to 12, this Wednesday and next Wednesday, we'll be reinforcing these studies. I want you to get this. And um, I want you to, to understand that there may be some, prize, some surprises when you took this test. There was for Dean and me. And um, this is certainly not the first spiritual gifts test we've taken. But I, um, I also want to tell you that although there are 80 questions, there's no, you don't have to write an essay. You just assign a number somewhere. It's very, very simple. And then it tells you how to tab tabulate those numbers at the end to determine which of these spiritual gifts best fits the way you're wired and the way you have served in the past. But also, um, it'll, if it's like me, it helped me see some things that I had not seen before and ask the Lord to further develop that in, in my life. So please um, be involved in this. Don't assume that you already know all this. Do it again. It won't hurt you. And uh, in fact, I believe it will help you. So that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin this new series on discovering your spiritual gift and using them. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for your mighty and holy word. We ask you that you, Holy Spirit, who oversaw, who inspired, oversaw, protected, and give new, fresh anointing and understanding on your word that you would do that for us today. We, we tell you we're totally dependent on you. This is your word. It will last forever. And we pray that you will um, renew the power of that word as we investigate it today. Speak to hearts and give affirmation about gifting out of your grace. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. First of all, I want you to know something that according to the word of God, you have at least one spiritual gift. And probably many. As we go through this in this series, and I don't know how long it's going to take. I ain't worried about that. We just obey the Lord uh, for today, and we see where He goes. But you have at least one spiritual gift. Ephesians 4 says that when Jesus ascended to the Father, He gave gifts to men. And uh, in our passage here in Romans 12, I want you to see something. But before I do, I want you to know there's three primary scriptures in the New Testament that talk about spiritual gifts. The first passage is Romans chapter 12. The second, it, it talks about what we call motivation gifts. I've learned a great deal from my pastoral coverings, pastoral cover. My mentor's mentor um, has a, a fabulous teaching on understanding spiritual gifts. In fact, it is in the back. If you have a new uh, Spirit-Filled Life Bible, 
uh, in the back of some of the old ones was this great teaching by Dr. Paul Walker. And um, when Dr. Culpepper was um, voted on and taken as the overseeing bishop of the entire denomination to which he belongs, um, I had the opportunity to uh, tell Dr. Walker personally what a blessing that had been uh, to me, and it still is. It is the clearest explanation of spiritual gifts and um, how to understand them. And uh, so I owe that to him. He's in heaven now, but thank you, Dr. Walker. <clears throat> Church, we need now more than ever to be taught the doctrine of the Word of God. More than ever. In the last days, men will heap up to themselves prophecies, teachings with itching ears that are not rooted and grounded in the truth of the Word of the living God. God help us. But what we see in the gifts is in, in Romans chapter 12, we primarily see what we call motivation gifts. That is, the gifts describe an inner motivation, an energy, um, a supernatural ability that is given to a believer by the Lord. It comes out of grace. All of the spiritual gifts comes from grace. Look at chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me, God's supernatural favor and His energy, His ability, His strength. Grace flows from the love of God. But it is grace that gifts you as a believer. I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. What does that mean? Beat yourself up? No. It means you need to understand that you're not the only gifted person in the body of Christ. To think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Each one. Do you know that you are white when you are born again, you have a measure of faith by which you receive the grace of God through which comes the gifting of God. It's been given to you as a gift of grace. For as we have members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. You know what the Lord's saying? You're not going to be whole in the body of Christ without every member of that body operating in the grace and the gifting of God. The body of Christ needs every member to understand that he or she has been given a gift of God's grace. And for the body to be perfectly healthy, every person has to function in their own gifting. And the giftings are not the same. The word is very clear. If you have a certain gift, you should never look down on somebody who does not have that gift but has another. We, all, we need all the gifts. We need all the members of the body working together. Would your eye say to your ear, I don't need you? Of course not. We should never look down on any of the gifts. But here are some gifts that are mentioned here. Having then gifts, verse 6, that differ according to the grace, the supernatural investment of God's favor and His strength, His energy, His ability that is given to us, let us use them. In other words, be aware of what the gift is and use it. Everybody say this with me. Use it or lose it. You have been given gifts, and the Word says that the gifts 
and the callings of God are without repentance. He's not going to change his mind. Did you know that? The gifts and the callings of God are not going to be taken back. But they can, just like a muscle that never gets used will become atrophied. The gift God's given you has to be developed through use. Not sat around and say, well, you know, I don't know. If I, I'm just going to let somebody else do that. I'm going to let somebody, I, I expect somebody else to do all that. I need, to, I need to be fed by somebody. I need to be led by somebody. I need to be given to by somebody. I need to do this, 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 and this. Use it or lose it. It's important that we understand and get revelation of what our gift, gift is and stop saying your gift is not vital or important. Every gift has to be functioning for the body to be operating efficiently. Amen. So here are the gifts that we're given that you've heard me talk about, they help describe your spiritual DNA. One had a great message Brother Joe uh, gave us last time in Pastor Wayne uh, a few weeks ago. Ought to be rested by now, shouldn't I, bud? <laughs> that was great. His gifting is different than mine. Her gifting is different than his. Every gifting is different and they are all of equal value in the sight of the one who gave the gift. Amen. It's an insult to the giver of the gift if you say, well, mine's not important. That's an insult. And for a healthy body to operate, every member has to know what its function should be. But what I'm trying to tell you is we all have different spiritual DNA. We have the same Holy Spirit who came to live in us when the grace of God, by God's grace, our hearts were open and we received Jesus as our Lord. The Holy Spirit gave us new birth and with that new birth, there was spiritual DNA. Now you're, you're fixing to hear, uh, hopefully, uh, some teaching this morning. You just got through hearing some exhortation. We'll get to that in a minute. You're going to see some helps and service gifts before it's done today. It's all vital. Everybody say this with me. According to the Word of God, whatever my gift is, is comes from the giver and is vital for me to use it. So here's some ways that we are spiritually wired, and some of you are going to be surprised to learn that there is some spiritual DNA in you that will, that will result in the using of certain gifts you didn't know you had. We saw then in verse 6, let's go to verse 7. I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Use what is in your spiritual DNA. What motivates you? If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Now we're going to come back to that and look at it uh, in depth here in a few minutes. By the way, what is prophecy? It is hearing what God is saying and speaking what God is saying, what He is doing, or what He has already said and do. A lot of uh, traditional um, strong denominations in Christendom believe that the preaching of the Word of God is primarily prophecy, and it is. There's no doubt about it. Prophecy has to do with hearing what God says. Most of them say that it's strictly taking the Bible and hearing and, and, and giving um, 
exhortation, or that is prophesying. And yes, uh, to an extent, it certainly is. There's also a, a greater depth to the to the gift of of prophecy. Let me, let me just say that although Romans 12 gives us our motivation gifts, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God the Father deposited in you when you were born again. God deposited in you certain motivational gifts, spiritual wiring, spiritual DNA, but also in the context of the operation of the church body, the Holy Spirit gives certain gifts, according to, according to that passage, as He wills. In that 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 passage, it's not up to you to decide, well, this is what I'm going to do. It is as He wills. Now, we'll tell you, are you listening to me, that the test that I'm going to pass out to you, the makers of this test left out some of the gifts of the Spirit. I, I, and I know why they did it, but your pastor is not going to leave out any of the gifts of the Spirit. In, in my humble opinion, they're all in operation today. None of them have gone away. Hallelujah. You'll understand that a little more as we go along. But some people have decided that certain gifts don't exist anymore, and a lot of the reason, I believe, is because it makes them nervous. We have no right. We have no right to just on our own decide that certain things are not for today when the, if the Spirit of God through the Word of God doesn't declare that. If the Word doesn't declare that, we have no right to say it's the right thing. This is God's standard of life and practice in the church. Amen. So, let's go back here. If the gift that we've been given, if we've been given prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, the word there is, in, in, is an interesting word. Some put together the, the gift of helps and service under ministry. So it can be called any of these. Ministry, helps, service. But I want you to see, the word says, if we have that gift, let, it, let us use it in our ministry. The gift of ministry is an interesting word there. It comes from diakonoi, and it means literally to serve. And um, in this original language of the Greek, in the New Testament, it is also used to de de designate uh, an office in the New Testament church. The word says, if anyone aspires to the office of a deacon, of a of a deacon, of a servant, someone who takes care of the practical needs of the body, someone who understands and appreciates and loves to serve the operational needs of a church and its body. The body at large or the church gathered, that is something that falls under this gift that has to do with, with ministry, with serving, with practical service. I see uh, Sandra Joan back there. She's got, the, she's got the gift of spirit. In fact, hallelujah. She is a deacon in the body of Christ. She's a deaconess. Phoebe, who was a New Testament character highly esteemed by Paul, was described with diakonoi, a servant, a helper, one who comes alongside to help. 
She has a ministry called Phoebe Ministries. I know she has an office in the body of Christ. Don't you forget that. If our gift is ministry, I just want to serve. I see that in people in this church. We got people and nobody asks them. They come, they serve, they're here before I'm here. They're, they're, they're here long after I've quit teaching. They're, they're setting up, they're taking down. Anything to serve. Are you a servant? You know what Jesus said about that? He said, the greatest among you should be your servant. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say the greatest among you would be one of y'all prophets. The disciples were, were apostles, and they were arguing about which one of them were going to be the greatest. And he said, the greatest among you will be the one who serves you the most. So do we want God's attitude about what's important? If we do, we ought to be serving. So in your spiritual DNA, do you just love, you just want to serve? You just want to do something, be it operational or physical or whatever it is, just you want to serve. You want to serve the, the, the body. You want to serve those who are called out to minister to you, well, you want to serve. That's the ministry of teaching, helps, and serving. He who teaches in teaching. What's in your DNA about teaching? You know, the years I spent in business, the years I spent in, in uh, education and coaching, I wasn't very good at some things in either one of those. And I'm not so good at some things in pastoring. But one thing I know about my spiritual day at DNA is if I've got 10 minutes with you, I'm, trying, I'm probably going to be trying to teach you something. It's part of my DNA. Because my spiritual gifting is to to rely on the Lord to understand some things and to put it to you in a way that you can take hold of it and understand it for yourself. It, it is to teach you how to operate for yourself and to, to enable the Word of God to become something that you can chew and eat. If you have that gifting of teaching, I guarantee you, you see that when you're dealing with your grandchildren. What? Yeah. It won't take long before you're trying to help them understand some things in ways that they can get it. So in these motivational gifts, if it's ministry, serving, if it's teaching, then teach. He who exhorts in exhortation. What does exhortation mean? It means to encourage, and it means to build up. To build up somebody. To encourage them. And, and it also means to love somebody enough to tell them the truth so that if they're about to go off the bridge, you'll exhort them not to go there. That's not always well received. But it is part of the gift of exhortation. Oh, do we need more exhorters. We need some people who will be encouragers in the body of Christ. There's so much oppression and depression in this world. 
You can't go through a day without it. It's just a lingering heaviness in the media. It has just infiltrated our culture. Such a heaviness. Boy, we need some exhorters. Ask the Lord if He's called you to be in this. The gift is a... There it is. A gift is your supernatural advantage. It gives you a supernatural advantage to succeed in a certain area. Now see, you can, you can do the work of pastor. You can do the work of this. You can do the work of serving. But if you have the gift of it, you've got a supernatural source of energy on the inside of you by the Spirit of God to get it done. And you'll find if you're operating in your gift, you will get weary, but you'll recover pretty quickly because it'll energize you. Lord, raise up some exhorters in your body, some encouragers. It's about time that the people of God become thermostats instead of thermometers. Start setting the atmosphere. Instead of just reflecting the atmosphere. If all you do is go around talking about how hot it is, you're not going to do anything to help it cool off. Change the atmosphere through exhortation, through the encouragement and building up. It'll affect you because that kind of seed you sow will reap a harvest for you. The one who gives with liberality. If you have this spiritual gift of giving, it just blesses you to give. And it's not how much you accumulate or what you're able to do. In fact, the word says, if you have the desire to give, God sees that and credits you with the amount. You just want to give it, but you don't have the ability God blesses that. How about that? But if you have the gift of giving, you'll be, you'll be alert to opportunities to give out of the blessing that God has given you. And when you give, when you release that, boy, it gives you such an incredible blessing. It just affirms you. It encourages you. It energizes you in giving. He who leads with diligence. Boy, do we need leadership. To lead in the Greek means to literally step out front. Oh, I don't want to be out front, Pastor. I, always, I just want to be back there where nobody notices me. If you've got the gift of leadership, you will never be fulfilled until you step out front like you're supposed to. There's wonderful places for the gift of helps and service and ministry and the akinoi and all. But there's also a place for you to step out if you have the gift of leadership and step out there and run the risk of rejection. And you will have some of that. You're not a real leader if, you, if everybody agrees with you all the time. Hey, you just hadn't gotten out very much. I'm taking some shots now at this stage that I used to never take. <laughs> Part of being a leader, a servant, is no fun. But you know, you know, one of the problems with our country is because the church has not prayed for leadership in this nation. God, please, please raise up some leadership in this nation that'll be leaders of righteousness and courage and conviction and will be, listen, will be focused on service instead of control. God have mercy on us. If showing mercy is your gift, do it with cheerfulness. 
You say, well, Pastor, how, how else can you show mercy without cheerfulness? If you have the gift of showing mercy, it is a wonderful, wonderful gift. I talked to a lady this week who had lost a child. And I didn't say anything that she didn't already know, but she felt mercy. Mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy will minister to you when there are no words. The mercy of God. Mercy of God. Now, let's go back here to this gift of prophecy because I know that when you saw that, most of you said, well, I don't have that. I don't know about that. Let's get a, a definition of it again. It is the ability to hear something God is saying and to release it at the right time in the right way to somebody who should be the recipient of it. Their motives need to be right. Setting needs to be right. And timing needs to be right. And only the Holy Spirit gets all three of those right all the time. The ability to hear what God is saying and to say it at the right time to the right person in the right way. This gift may reveal something that God is saying that the person is not aware of or it may confirm something that they already believe is true but need confirmation about. Did you get that? It may be something they already know, but something God is saying that they need confirmation about. Sometimes this word of prophecy is telling somebody that something is already done when they are still believing that the outcome is still in doubt. You see on your outline there toward the bottom, prophecy is not spiritual fortune telling. It's the bold speaking forth of God's word and message. Do you know that there are, there are sections of the body of Christ now that have quit reading their Bible and studying deeply and asking for the Spirit of God to minister to them? They just want to go hear what the next prophet has to say. That is spiritual laziness and it's an insult to who God says is the spirit of truth who will guide you and teach you into all things. Amen? You can always find somebody who will tell you something you want to hear. In the guise of spiritual things. You better watch that. Prophecy is not spiritual storytelling. You don't need to go see a prophet every time you need some direction. And do you know that there are people in the body of Christ now who have said that they are now they are walking in the office of prophet and they come across as having the same authority as the word of God. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is the convictor of sin. Can he use prophecy? Of course he can. But beware that you don't subconsciously start depending on a prophet for what you want God to tell you instead of the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Amen. Prophecy is boldly speaking that word and message. And you know what? I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. Pursue love, watch this, and desire, desire spiritual gifts. Plural. 
Pursue love and desire. Do you desire spiritual gifts? But before you desire spiritual gifts, you need to pursue love because the Bible says that there is no gift greater than love. In fact, if you think you're going to practice the gifts without love, it's not going to work. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Are you, are you asking the Lord to give you the gift of prophecy? Hmm? Wait a minute now. Chapter 14, verse 1, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. How long has it been? since you have prayed that the Lord would give you, the, that the Spirit of God would grant you the gift to prophesy. What does it mean? Does it mean spiritual fortune telling? No. Does it mean the ability to foretell the future? No. It means the ability to hear what the Lord is saying and to speak that into the situation at the right time in the right way to the right person. Don't get squirrely out there. I have a favorite passage, 3 Franklinians 2, 1. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> Y'all still love me, though, don't you? <laughs> to speak the word that God gives you to someone at the right time, the right person, the right way. And, you know, th this, is, this is a gift that we should pursue. I know people in this uh, congregation who've operated in the spirit of prophecy. I know Gene Carey back there has. I know Pastor Wayne has. Uh, and uh, I know that on occasion I have. Ask the Lord... Because this is one of the big, this is one of the higher gifts according to the Corinthians passage. A a prophetic word. Are y'all listening to me? Learn to rely, have confidence in prophetic words that are spoken with the motive of serving the Lord, not bringing attention to the prophet. I need to say that again as you get it. Learn to have confidence in the word that is spoken prophetically apart from the motive of bringing attention to the prophet. Because 1 Corinthians 14 is, 12 and 14 are very clear that this ministry in the church operates as He wills, as the Spirit of God wills. Prophecy comes from the Spirit of God, not by somebody making something up and saying, well, the Lord said, that's psychobabble. That arises out of the mind and not the Spirit. And we need people who operate in the gift of prophecy under the Spirit, and I welcome it. As long as it's done decently and in order. Look at the end of chapter 14. Let everything, all things be done decently and what? In order. I've seen people try to exercise the gift interrupting a, a, a pastor who's trying to minister the Word of God. That's out of order. Amen. Out of order. And some people have said, well, no, that's a, that's a supernatural gift. That has priority over the ministry and the teaching of the Word. No, it doesn't.
But I've also seen a beautiful, I've seen beautiful things where somebody who heard a word from the Lord and had, had, had operated in the direction of the Spirit and the gifting of prophecy, I've seen that person come down during a service and whisper something to the pastor, the shepherd of the, men, of the flock. Whispered something to the pastor. Got a nod of the head. Stood up in decency and in order and released that prophetic word. That was a powerful, right on target word from God. But it was receivable because it was true and it was done in order. Does that make sense to you? I, I know Donnie Finley has dreams where the Lord speaks to him sometimes, and that's, that is a, a prophetic dream. How do you know that? Because I've listened to him and I've known him for many, many years, and everything he says is legit. The gifts, we should desire them and operate them under the direction of the Holy Spirit, decently and in order. Okay, here we go to the end. Guardrails for the prophetic gift. Why are you doing that? Because of the culture we're in. <laughs> prophetic words are not equal to Scripture's authority and direction. Never, ever. By the way, Sometimes in my ministry, I've had people come up to me and say, the Lord told me to tell you. I say, thank you, let's hear it. Sometimes, that just rings a bell with me, and I say, thank you, Lord, I've been praying about that. And sometimes, it's like they're speaking a foreign language. And it, it does not connect with my inner man whatsoever. So who has the final word on whether or not a word of prophecy is legit for you or not? The Holy Spirit in you. And so there are times when it doesn't ring true in my spirit and I just say, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will weigh this and judge it before the Lord. And that's a good answer. Because if somebody is speaking from the Lord, I don't want to miss it. But if they mean well, but are not telling me exactly what the Lord wants me to hear, then the Holy Spirit has the final voice to say whether it's out or safe. Make sense? He's the divine umpire. Does that make clear? Is that... So remember, it's not equal to spiritual authority. It is not to be given in the place of the Spirit of God. You are, to, uh, in fact, the, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be the teacher and the guide. But He also gives the gifts. He can use the voice of others. Don't throw that out with the baby with the bathwater. Here are the test for whether or not you trust a prophecy. Does it line up with properly contexted Scripture? Properly contexted scripture. Somebody doesn't have the right to pull something out that is not lining up with the entirety of the Word of God. Does the message bear witness with the Holy Spirit's witness in you? Does the message stand the test of time? Does it seem true today, but tomorrow, eh, it's not right. And here's a big one in closing. Does the, word, does the person who says they walk in the office of prophet, and we'll get to that at a later time, or under the gifting of prophet, there's a difference. We'll distinguish as we go along. Does the prophet walk in order and submission and accountability to spiritual oversight in order? 
will he or she listen to somebody else's prophetic word or do they think they're the only ones who hear from God? Will they admit it when they have misheard? This can get really serious. I, I have to chuckle when I hear all these prophetic words that come where somebody is prophesying something that has to do with the future, maybe a, a, a federal election or something like that, and they guarantee everybody they've heard from God, and this is the way it's going to be right here. And they don't humble themselves when it doesn't come to pass and say, you know what, I misheard. I misheard. Real prophets will admit it and humble themselves when they mishear. I don't know, Pastor. I don't know whether I'll ever tell somebody a word that I think's from God. Can I tell you something? You're not ever going to hit the ball unless you swing. Now, that's a simple way of telling you that if there's a gift there that God wants you to operate in, you can't be afraid that you're going to miss it because if, if, if that's the case, you will never operate in something God's given you. So if you miss it, just admit it. And ask the Lord to help you hear more clearly next time. There are those who have tried to tell me words from God over the years. And I told them, thank you. But I didn't go along with what they thought. God was telling me that I ought to do, and they left the church. I'm an older guy. I can tell you all this stuff. And I'll have to answer to the Lord as to how I lead this flock. But I'll also have to answer to the Lord as a shepherd on how I protect this flock. We want gifts to operate, and we want them to operate decently and in order with the integrity of the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. So we need to pray that God would show us where our gifts are, and we would use them. And... Um, all your pastors would be happy to hear what the Lord is telling you about that. Okay, and I'll need a couple of our deacons, Brother Otis, Johnny. They're going to give you one of these. I didn't want you to have that because you could easily get distracted. How many pages is it, darling? Four. Dina put it together, three or four. Don't let that scare you. You just assign a number. And uh, I want you to give some prayerful, uh, all your pastors have been assigned this and taken this ourselves. But I want you to have this. This is a great tool. It does not, it's, it's not everything. It's not all the gifts, and I'll cover those that are not on there. But I want you to take this test prayerfully and ask the Lord to show you where is it, Lord, that I have, that I'm spiritually wired, where I have an unfair advantage to serve. This Spiritual gifting is not to make you a great personality. It is to increase your service. It's about service. And uh, I want you to know that this is not just service in a local organized body. I want you to know that it has to do with your service in the body of Christ at large. And you will begin to see you'll begin to see your gift operating in your profession, in your work, in your time socially. You'll begin to see that gift operating, and you'll give God thanks for it. All right, who does not have one? Like I say, there are others, tests, 
But this is one we'll go by, and for those of you who want to study more, to have other friends to come and study with us on Wednesday, the next two weeks, 11 to 12, it'll be great. Let's all stand. Okay, are we learning anything? Lord, we thank you for your word. And I declare to you today that it would be my desire that I operate in the gift of prophecy, not in some bogus fortune telling, but in the hearing of the word of the Lord that can be released to folks in your body that need to hear it at the right time in the right way to the right people. And I ask you, Lord, to give us a holy boldness that we would speak forth in that gifting of prophecy to this dark world. That we would speak light into this dark place. Healing to this sick world. Life to the deadness that we see all around us. Reveal to us the gifts that you've given us and we'll give you praise for them. We'll seek opportunities to use them. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, we'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.